Hello everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Prashant Kashyap, who is the co-founder of Connect and Heal, which is a healthcare startup providing holistic, outcome-focused, uh, patient-centric care. Uh, hi Prashant, welcome to ELI. Hi Prayaranjan, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity. Uh, uh, Prashant, I would uh, request you to introduce yourself to our audience and uh, Tell us a bit about uh, Connect and Hill. What what kind of a venture it is? Sure. Uh, my name is Prashant Kashyap. Um, I've been a serial entrepreneur. This is my latest uh, venture, uh, working with three other co-founders. At Connect and Hill, what we are trying to do is solve for fragmentation. So currently, when you need primary care, uh, it's fragmented. So you may get to see a doctor, but then when you need medicine, or you need diagnostic tests or any other uh, service like say emergency service like ambulance, you have to go to different platforms. And it's the journeys, even the platforms that have these services together, the journey is not seamless. So what we are trying to do is leveraging technology. We are trying to make this seamless. There are a lot of other things that we have done, which I'll talk about. And we want to be a one platform where for all your primary healthcare needs, you just come to Connect and Heal, and everything is taken care of. If you look at ambulance, we are uh, the largest ambulance aggregator in the country. We have about 4,500 ambulances on road every day. Mm -hmm. uh, we run our own clinics. We run clinics in corporates. Mm -hmm. um, we also have online consultation that we offer. We offer a medicine uh, delivery. We offer diagnostic tests, both preventive health check and the prescribed ones and then we also have tools that keep you uh, engaged and healthy throughout so that is what we do and the problem we are solving is of fragmentation and we are leveraging technology to solve it got it i, I was also researching on the uh, you know what kind of uh, clients that you have uh, i understand you partner with corporates uh, right. and operate in more of a b2b setup and uh, i also understand uh, the presence is more into the metro city so can you can you tell us more about whom do you cater to uh, as a target uh, customer uh, group sure, sure. So see, our customers, ultimately, people who avail our services are people who are employed by these corporates. Right? So we were thinking about, can we solve this problem for whole of India? And we realized that we cannot do a great job if we wanted to solve for whole of India. So we looked at about 30 to 40 million population. This is the employed household, right? these many households that will actually be employed and they we can easily reach out to them and provide them these services. We have clients which are marquee clients. Uh, we have Fortune 500 companies. We have very large technology companies. We have very large manufacturing companies. So over 550 companies that we have uh, that we are servicing right now. And these are generally larger companies. Um, we have about uh, 8 million households mm -hmm. um, that are serving. So it's a very large uh, base that we work with. We acquire them through corporates because if you look at health tech, all the health tech, 
if you look at their journeys, the problem happens when you want to scale. The cost of acquiring customers is very high. Now, unlike a SaaS product, there's no lifetime value of a customer for a healthcare company. Because, you know, people, let's look at a family. You would fall sick for maybe 10 days in a year, all of you put together, right? Three mm -hmm. or four people. Now, you have the choice or you may not, you have the choice of different platforms or also your need because your base would be somewhere else. You are traveling and you fall sick. So there is no way to ensure that you continue to have customers on your platform. Mm -hmm. Now, so acquisition and retention both are a problem if you want to scale. If you see a lot of B2C companies are now going to corporates and trying to tie up with them. We had this, uh, Sanjay especially, our uh, CEO, he had this foresight along with Galvin and Elvin. They thought about this and they said, when we start scaling, this would be the challenge. So why don't we start with corporate? Mm -hmm. Now, the way it works is once the corporate is onboarded, uh, they get an app, right? All their employees log on to our platform and avail services directly. They have a one-to-one -one relationship with our company then. So in a way, we are acquiring almost as zero cost. Yeah. Hence, we have been able to grow. And we are able to invest that money that you would have invested in acquiring customers into building better product, providing better care, yeah. and better services overall. Got it. Uh, you told us about the problem statement, and it's a big problem to solve. Uh, but there are other players in the market, more established ones, uh, for example, the big hospital chains like Apollo, who all, which also has uh, different services that you mentioned. They have the ambulance service, they do medicine delivery, they have diagnostic, uh, almost everything. Uh, so what is the differentiating factor that you have that the other established players are not uh, ha yet having? Sure. So one is the large footprint. So we are not just present in metros. These companies may be in metros, but we take care of the household, not just employee. So you may be working in, say, a metro or, or say a city like Bangalore or Delhi or Mumbai, but your folks could be back there in Meerut or uh, uh, somewhere, somewhere, uh, maybe in Tirupati. Now, how do you take care of them? So we have a very wide and deep network. Uh, we have network of hospitals, clinics, diagnostic centers. We can do vaccinations anywhere. So one of the things that differentiates us is that we have the depth, right? Apollo would be able to service, you took that name, I mean, uh, not, not just Apollo, any established player, if they have footprint in, say, 10 or 15 um, geographies, there is no incentive for them to actually set it up, setting it up in 20 more geographies or 40 more geographies. And the uh, economies won't work for them, right? Mm. But for somebody like us, um, who's looking at providing service across India, um, we approach this differently and we have a very wide and deep network. So we are able to service even tier three cities. Uh Take us back uh, in the journey and uh, tell us about your uh, childhood, uh, your uh, study experience and uh, working uh, experience. Uh, what all did you do pre-entrepreneurial? Uh, like, uh, yes. uh, how did you arrive at entrepreneurship? Was there a uh, you know event in your life that made you an entrepreneur? Sure. sure. I, I think I'll quickly take the whole journey and tell you so. I, my father uh, 
was working with Hindustan Petroleum. So we moved around places, right? You would get transferred. But primarily, I grew up in Delhi, the formative years. Now, while I was still in school, uh, I figured out that you could actually, there are a lot of stickers that people want. And if you collect those and then keep them for long enough, you could actually sell them at a profit. So that was technically my first uh, brush with entrepreneurship, right? I would collect these, generate interest for people, show them these, but not sell. And then finally, uh, mostly it was barter. I would give them to for buying samosas, perhaps, mm. right? Uh, then I went to college. I went to Triple IT Hyderabad. Um, and while I was there, I think that's where I started realizing that there are so many problems we can solve. And uh, perhaps the value that you create as an entrepreneur, while it is very tough, right? Um, besides the glamour that is there uh, on being an entrepreneur, people think, uh, you know, you're doing a great job. There's a darker side to it, right? There's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, and there are a lot of uncertainties that you deal with every day. So I started uh, um, an educational startup while I was still in college, um, trying to solve for GRE aspirants. Okay. Um, we, we sold that business to established player, two, two of us, my friend and I, Manish and I started. And so that was the second one, uh, perhaps. And then um, I started working, uh, had a, a very stable career. I was working with Microsoft. Then I uh, decided to work on internet and joined IBBO. Uh, within IBBO, there was an incubation center. Vikalp and I co-founded GoIBBO within the incubation center. And then uh, my first son, Ara, was born. And I realized that, uh, you know, I'm actually perhaps growing old and I need to take another stab at another idea that I had, which is again around education, so at tech. Uh, 2012, early 2012. Unfortunately, I think that time, um, there were a lot of other challenges like internet connectivity. Uh, when I wanted to reach more locations, uh, could not do it because internet was a challenge. Doing video lessons was difficult. So created a platform, tried, uh, pivoted, did something else. And that kind of did not work. And then pivoted to some other business. Finally, I um, also started a small incubation center for entrepreneurs and uh, started putting in money there. I started an agency, a marketing agency, because I worked with Mindshare as a consultant for a year. And then um, I, I realized that, you know, maybe there's a gap for SMEs. They don't have Mindshare kind of uh, agencies to service them. So why don't we create an agency that is as good as Mindshare for SMEs? Um, one thing that perhaps in my exuberance, I did not realize that uh, SMEs would have these challenges with their cash flows and that would impact you ultimately. And that's why Mindshare perhaps does not work with them. Mm. So um, there was a good growth. And then um, just like a flight crash, I made series of mistakes in running that business and uh, the company went bankrupt. Then I made next mistake because as an entrepreneur, uh, I think the biggest uh, problem is to accept that defeat that okay it did not work and I had already pivoted a couple of times so I put in all my money to uh, revive and then I also went bankrupt mm. so bankruptcy was a difficult period uh, between 2016 August till uh, 18 uh, there was a lot of uh, loans right my cards were maxed out um, and it, it's a difficult phase 
um, uh, my family was supportive. My wife was supportive. Um, we had two young kids, so it was a challenge. But I think God has been kind. I was able to uh, build the business back. And then I decided to work with uh, some growth stage startups and help them with my learning, whatever I had. So I worked with Clear Attacks, then I worked with FarmEasy, DocOn, and then FarmEasy. Then worked in Indonesia with uh, Halodoc and did crazy scaling there. But during pandemic, I realized that, you know, there was people in extended family that we lost. And I realized that, you know, if I'm putting in so much effort, um, I can actually do it for India, save lives in India. And that was something that was a drive that I had. And then I met uh, Sanjay, Galvin and Elvin, and they were thinking similarly. Mm. So I said, okay, let's join hands. And uh, we... How, we how did you case. meet the co-founders? Can you tell that story also? Yeah, so so see, as entrepreneurs, we keep meeting other entrepreneurs uh, for these uh, small chai sessions. You go and mm. um, talk about you know industry. So since I was from industry, um, a, an investor actually got us together and said, you know, why don't you meet each other? They are looking to scale. You have scaled a consumer business, and from the current setup, you know, there are consumer aspirations. So why don't you guys meet and maybe, you know, spend an hour and something clicked and we started talking and really that Swadesh moment where I wanted to come back and create for India uh, is where I think we connected more. And then we started this, the next phase of this journey, which was a tech enabled growth that we have seen in last one and a half, two years. And, uh, Tell us about the initial days, like uh, you discussed with your co-founders and you had a, uh, I, I'm sure it was not a single idea. I'm sure you would have shortlisted a list of ideas yeah. and then would have arrived on this one. So can you yeah. tell us about that phase? Like what, what all ideas did you shortlist and why did you choose to uh, arrive at this idea or was it, a, uh, was it this idea or you chose a different idea and pivoted to hear what you are today? So, see, the broader idea was same, which is a primary healthcare, right? And creating a singular platform. But we we were thinking about where do you start? Where do you put in more effort so that more people can be healthier? And that is where we looked at preventive health check. And we said, if people know that they have an issue, they can one, detect it early, Two, even if it is detected late, you could do something about it. A lot of these lifestyle diseases, if you see, they are silent. Sugar, hypertension, these are all silent. You don't really have a lot of signs. Even um, the cardiac issues, right? They progress, they keep progressing. Sometimes you are panting and you think, okay, I ran too much today. But if you do health check, just the basic tests tell you if body is doing fine. So this is something that we started focusing on saying, can we help people uncover uh, if there are any issues and if there are can we help them in that journey can we create a seamless journey so if you do a con uh, a health check with us on our platform you we have something called a smart report so our, we use machine learning there are real doctors who have recorded these um, n number of uh, segments these segments are put together to create a personalized report for you. Based on your report, a doctor comes and explains your report to you. Mm -hmm. So we realize that when the reports come, you give your samples early in the morning, but your reports come generally late in the evening. 
So people go and then start searching for their values and you will get misleading answers if you just search, right? If you go on any search engine. So because of that, um, we realize that a lot of people actually don't take action beyond it. So that's about 10, 15% people actually do their consultation after getting their reports. But there are more than 15% reports where something is amiss. Hmm. So we said, okay, if people are not reaching out to doctors, calling them would be intrusive. Can we do something using technology, using machine learning, AI, where we have doctors reach them and they trust this? And then from there, there is a call to action where you say, okay, I need to talk to a real doctor. At any point, you say, within 60 seconds, you are connected to an online doctor, which is available 24-7. And then you can discuss and then you can actually make uh, take corrective actions, including nutrition and other things. Everything is there on our platform, right? So so this is something that we are improving the whole journey of discovering yourself, uh, how you are doing uh, health-wise, and how can you be better, right? So we have a lot of tools that we have created. So see, I told you about those 10 days. What do you do in rest 350 days to stay healthy? So we have a lot of challenges that we have on our platform, which could be as simple as a hydration challenge. You can challenge yourself or you can create a group and you can challenge your friends and say who's having, who's hydrating well. Uh, you could create a smile challenge, something you know as simple as this, that, oh, am I smiling today, right? Mm -hmm. And then upload a picture and friends can see each other's picture. So we've created this framework. So our approach is of creating frameworks. And on this framework, now you can create multiple challenges for yourself and for your corporates or for your small friends groups. Mm -hmm. Similarly, there are uh, educational tools that we have. Um, there are, um, you know, we have created a platform which is not launched yet. It's called Play Platform, where you have very high quality instructional videos which are available only to doctors and nurses today. For example, lactation is a big challenge for new mothers in India because, you know, it happens when you are groggy, you're in hospital, somebody tells you how to do it. And it's very difficult to get help. Um, even if you talk on phone, you may forget. Now you have a live video with live demonstration that is done for doctors on your screen, right? And it is an Instagram format. You just keep scrolling through. These are 30 to 60 second videos. So we are doing, we are looking at what is, What's the consumption pattern that people have, new age people have, current, our user base has, and then give them high quality content in that format. So that's the player platform that we have, uh, we are launching in a couple of weeks from now. So that's how we are trying to bring all of this together, starting with the preventive health check. And on the second side, we are saying, even if you don't do preventive health check, can I get you interested like in an Instagram format into any topic that you like and then you can keep going deeper into it and at some point you'll say okay I need to see a doctor if you need to see a doctor so that's the approach we have taken tell us about the challenges I think uh, uh, it's been just one and a half year and uh, you have uh, uh, created a good presence pan India and uh, you are uh, operating at a massive scale. On the front end, it all looks good, good technology, a nice experience, and uh, all the necessary pieces are there. But on the back end, I am sure there would be multiple, uh, you know, different elements who which are dif difficult to integrate and, you know, challenging to operate with. Uh, can you tell us about the challenges? 
Sure. I just want to add that we've actually had a presence for five years before that also. We were running clinics. Mm. So we had a presence. We we were running clinic. We were in a clinical business. And now we've moved everything on technology and uh, we are offering uh, an, a whole subscription, which is online consultations and the entire service, the outpatient network. So that is what we have built last uh, one and a half years. We had clinic business. So technically... It's an older startup. Mm. Now, in terms of challenges, I think the biggest challenge is um, adoption. So when you build all these things, people uh, only open this app if they really are sick. They do not open mm. these apps when they're not sick. So how do you get people to actually take action, right? So we can reach out to them. You could perhaps communicate with them on email or send them a message. But would people really come? And how do you get people to get other people, right? How do you make people ambassadors? And it has been a struggle because uh, one, we had this, uh, you know, post-pandemic, I think the way people look at health is slightly different. Uh, people are more concerned, so that has helped. But the challenge still remains, how do you reach out to these people those 350 days uh, beyond their sickness days? Uh, also, the corporate, the workplaces are now uh, not fully, uh, you know, offline or or in office you are also working remotely mm. so that combination makes it difficult to do uh, any engagement events on site the online events have uh, you know there's there's just so many things happening so mm. many things happening online so that has lost its impact so the challenge has been on this second challenge is the acquisition because Acquiring a corporate is a long process. That's why you see there are two or three big players, including us, um, who have a lead. And, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a lead time. You need three to six months to acquire a customer. Mm. There are so many security clearances that your platform needs to get. So many other uh, compliances that you need to get. And that is why it is a slow process. So unlike any other uh, consumer startup, a pure consumer startup where you could if you put in money, you can scale. Even if we were to put in money, uh, scaling will have a challenge. So these are uh, typical challenges from the consumer side and running business uh, on the outside. On the inside, I think the clinical excellence, there's a constant uh, training that is required for our own doctors, for other clinicians who are on board. Also, when we work with external uh, doctors or external providers, how do you get them to provide the quality of care that we want to provide, right? Uh, that is a constant challenge every day. Um, how many uh, interactions could have been better? And a lot of times you don't have control because these are, uh, you know, providers or your partners who you can't directly control. Before we wrap up, I just have uh, one more question left. Tell us, so all these years of entrepreneurship, I think this is your third or fourth entrepreneur venture. Uh, so right. all these years, what have you learned uh, which we can take away and probably apply to our ventures as well? Sure. So I think for a startup to succeed, you need three things. Focus, alignment, and momentum. I'll explain. Focus means not just doing one thing, but focus means that you do things that align to achieving one thing, right? So if you are solving one problem, whatever you are doing, at some point it has to align. 
Otherwise, you are not focused. So a lot of times we try to do cool things or things that interest us, but they may not necessarily solve the problem, right? And then prioritizing. So that's the focus. Alignment is, and that is where the first few people that you get on board is extremely important. Are, are they aligned with your focus? Do they understand what is to be done and why they are doing every single day, every single moment that they are working on this idea or, or the venture, they should know exactly why they are doing. So that is alignment. And then the momentum. A lot of startups lose momentum because there's a start stop. There are five things you could do. They are all aligned. They are in the focus, but you start one and then you move to the second, then you move to the third. So momentum, if you lose, just like a fast bowler in cricket, if you are running and you keep taking break uh, before you know you are in your run up, you will finally deliver just four steps run up, right? Even if you are running from the boundary line. So momentum is very important. This is something I see. You know, I've learned the hard way, and a lot of entrepreneurs I see struggle with the momentum because there are just so many things to do, so many opportunities. Yeah. So you start something and then you start something else as well. So these are three things I feel, uh, you know, really help in uh, building a successful startup. I th I think I resonate with the last point, uh, the momentum. I think uh, uh, most of the founders, uh, they try to do multiple things simultaneously and uh, um, you, you cannot focus, you cannot deliver the maximum results when you are doing multiple things. Uh, but when you keep doing that one thing again and again and again, I think that is where the compounding effect uh, comes in and you get the maximum results. Uh, on this note, uh, we have come to the closure of the session. Thanks for joining us, Prashant. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the platform. It was a privilege to be on this. Yeah, thanks. And our Thank best you. wishes. Thank you. Yeah, and all the best to you as well on 400, 400th episode. Thank you. Our podcast. It's called, yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Prashant. Have a good day.